Thank you so much, Josh, for playing for us this morning. And mighty skillful playing there with the fingers. Good to know your foot injury hasn't affected your guitar playing any. It's good that it worked out that way. So, Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. I'm going to encourage everybody to open your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 5 this morning. We're going to start in verses 17 through 20. Our sermon title today is Allegiance to the Word. And this is the conclusion to our series we've been looking at, covering the doctrine of Scripture over the last several weeks. Sermon our series titled, Thus Saith the Lord, that we know when we open the Bible, we have a word from God, that God has spoken. And we've discussed at the beginning of our series the need for revival in our nation. Revival will not come to our nation until families are revived, and families will not be revived until churches are revived. And Churches will not be revived until individual Christians are revived. And it is the Word of God that is the source of revival. We need as believers to get back into the Word of God and get the Word of God back into us, submitting to God's Word, allowing God's Word to take effect in our lives as individuals, and then we'll see revival in our churches and in our families and in our nation. It's important for us as Christians, disciples of Jesus, to be followers of Christ. And this morning we're going to be looking at his view of the Bible. What does Jesus think about the Bible? I've heard somebody say once before, well, the King James Bible was good enough for Jesus, so it's good enough for me. That's not exactly what we're talking about this morning when we're talking about Jesus and his view of the Bible. We're going to be asking, what did Jesus think about the Scriptures? And as disciples of Christ, as followers of Jesus, we too ought to think the same way about the Bible as Jesus does. In fact, that's what I hope we come to this morning as we look at these various passages, that you and I will believe the same way about the Bible as Jesus does. To understand how the Lord viewed the Scriptures ought to affect the way that you and I view the Scriptures as well. Believe the same way about the Bible as Jesus does. Let me ask you to stand with me, if you can, at this time and a reverence for the reading of God's holy word. We're looking at Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Matthew writes these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray together. Father, during this time in our service, we come to your word, opening, opening up the scriptures and praying, God, that you will open up our minds to understand and that you will open up our hearts to embrace and to submit and to live out what we find in your word. Mighty God, we pray that as we look at the scripture, we will hear your voice crying out to us, and we pray as followers of Christ that we would have the same beliefs, the same trust in Scripture, the same confidence that Jesus has in the Word as well. 
Holy Spirit, we have come today and, and just pray that you will have your way with us. Lead us to the right beliefs. Lead us to the right behaviors as we submit ourselves to your authority today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today we'll be looking at various passages in Scripture to determine what Jesus' view of the Bible really is. We'll be looking in all four Gospels today, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to see that Jesus had much to say about the Bible. We will not be looking at everything in the Gospels Jesus had to say about the Word because there is a lot, but we will be looking at enough to determine what was the view of Scripture that our Lord had. We'll be beginning with the most thorough treatment of Scripture that Jesus teaches, and that's found in the passage we just read in Matthew 5, 17 through 20. And in that, we see that we should believe the Bible's totality. Totality. The whole thing from beginning to end, Old Testament and New Testament. I've heard some say before, from Genesis to maps, the whole thing is to believe. It is to be believed. It's the Old Testament is not irrelevant or insignificant for us. Why? It's because it was not irrelevant and insignificant to Jesus, as we see. In verse 17, he says, Do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. In other words, the Old Testament, as it was known, the law and the prophets, the law and the writings and the prophets, sometimes it was called. Jesus said, Do not think I came to do away with the Old Testament to say that it's no longer relevant, it's not significant, you don't have to read it, you don't have to study it, it doesn't matter, I'm something new that's gone. Jesus said, no, I came not to abolish it. I came not to undermine it. I came not to discredit it. But Jesus said, I came to fulfill it because everything in the Old Testament was true, according to Jesus. I came not to abolish it, but to fulfill it. In verse 18, he says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, in other words, for, for all of the existence of the world, for eternity, heaven and earth will pass away, but not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. The smallest letter or stroke. Jesus is referring to something that was written. He's not just saying, well, the word of God as it was spoken, but the word of God as is written, the written scriptures. Jesus had total confidence in everything that was recorded in the writing of scripture. He says, heaven and earth may pass away, but not the smallest letter or stroke. What was written had eternal value to Jesus and should to us as well. And then in verse 19, he says, Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments. And from our perspective, what we might see to be the smallest and the least of whatever is written in Scripture, Jesus says, whatever is the least is still vitally important. He says, whoever annuls this and whoever teaches others to do the same will be considered least in the kingdom. From our perspective, what we might see to be Small and insignificant in the Bible, Jesus said, is equally inspired. And it is important for our faith. In fact, verse 20, Jesus says that Scripture is the pathway to righteousness. He says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Your righteousness is determined upon your view of Scripture. 
You see, they studied the Bible, but they did not truly grasp the Bible. They did not fully submit, as Jesus is going to show us here in a minute, to what the Scriptures had to say. We find our righteousness in our view of the Bible. But also in Matthew seven twelve, Jesus once again in this Sermon on the Mount talks about the importance of the Old Testament. He says in verse seven, chapter 7, verse 12, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. We know that is what? The, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So, wow, that's a, a radical teaching there. That is something brand new that Jesus just came up with. But what is he going to say? In the same way, therefore treat people the same way you would want them to treat you for because this is the law and the prophets. This teaching, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you, Jesus said, it's based upon the writing of the Old Testament. That when we study God's word, it should lead us to the same conclusion that it, lay, that it leads our master and our savior to. The Old Testament is valuable but it's not just the Old Testament Jesus speaks of. It's also the New Testament. We find that in the book of John, chapter 14. First of all, in verse 26, as Jesus was preparing his disciples for his departure, for their life and for their ministry after he was gone, Jesus had this to say in verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Jesus said one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit would be to give them all the truth, to bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus said so that they might write it down and so that they might pass it on to future disciples as well. The Holy Spirit would teach them all things and bring to their remembrance all that Jesus said. And then again in chapter 16, of John verses 12 through 15 Jesus said I have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear them now but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak of his own initiative but whatever he hears he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come he will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would teach them all truth. And why would he do that? So that the apostles might have the authority of Christ himself to pass on and to teach everything that Jesus would have us to know. And we have that recorded for us in the scriptures. The Old Testament, the New Testament alike read a quote just this week from uh, preacher Alistair Begg and he says to read the New Testament only is like attending a two act play but only going to the second act <laughs> you completely miss the context of the whole thing if we focus only on the New Testament to Jesus we must believe the totality of the scriptures the old and the new and if we believe the Bible's totality, Jesus would have us to believe the Bible's historicity. Historicity, it's kind of a funny word, but it means all of Scripture is historically accurate. It's all historically true. In fact,
factual. From the point of view of Jesus, everything that we find in Scripture is historically true. How do we know that? Well, a couple of passages that point that out. Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 42. Jesus gives the example of Jonah. This is a passage that many will point to, or the book of Jonah, many will point to and say, well, this is not exactly historically true, that the prophet Jonah wrote this, and it's meant to be symbolic, it's allegorical, it kind of gives you some moral lessons, but is that the way that Jesus interpreted the book of Jonah? There are many Christians today that look at Jonah and say, well, this is the way it should be interpreted, but how did Jesus interpret Jonah? Chapter 12 of Matthew, verse 38 and following. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgments, and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. But behold, something greater than Jonah is here. According to Jesus, Jonah really was in the belly of the great fish. How do we know that? Because Jesus said about his own death and resurrection, he said, just as Jonah was there, so too I will be. And for Jesus to somehow interpret Jonah as fiction... He's equating his own death, burial, and resurrection to fiction. Makes no sense for Jesus to say that was the case. And also, he is talking about something as serious as the judgment. He says the men of Nineveh will stand with this generation at the judgment and condemn it. Why would Jesus say, well, wasn't historically true, but if it was, then the men of Nineveh would stand in judgment. <coughs> to Jesus, the story of Jonah was truth. But it wasn't just Jonah Jesus referred to in the New Testament. See, in verse 42, he talks about the queen of the south, the queen of Sheba. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <clears throat> rising in judgment and condemning it. <clears throat> it because she came from the ends of the earth. <coughs> Excuse me. Can you pause them? 